Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. So we are closing out this series called Willing and Faithful. And uh, the thing that uh, I want to remind you of is the, the key text that we've used throughout this talk is out of the book of Revelation. Jesus said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. And so we've talked in great detail about reward. Uh, you, you and I, we will, we will receive reward for things we do. But I really today want to talk about being faithful in what God's put on your heart to do. This is the thing. According to Jesus, according to the Apostle Paul, according to James, according to the Apostle Peter, the rewards will be passed out for what we do here and now on the other side of things. But one of the things I want you to understand now, now let me ask you. Now you know I love you, right? You sure? <laughs> Y'all do your homework? Oh, look at that. See, I talked bad about you in Lexington last week because you didn't do your homework. Now, I know some of you still didn't do it, but God still loves you even if you're hard-headed and rebellious. He still loves you, right? Some of you are like, well, I wasn't here. I didn't know about it. Well, Matthew chapter 6, so you can go study it this week. But in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about so many things, but one of the things I want to highlight for a second is this. He said, lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. Now, now, how you do that? It's by the things you do here. You get treasure in heaven. What I've discovered, though, over the, my, my short journey as a pastor is that, uh, you know, I always wasn't a pastor. Uh, we were talking in, in the back while ago uh, about before I was even a Christian. We kind of just left that alone. You know, but what I've learned is this, the overwhelming majority of believers, we give no, we give no consideration or we give no time to the next chapter of our life. We are so consumed with the here and now. Come on now. And, and, and I think that one of the things that the Lord has at least helped me with, and I'm hoping with, that, that it is with you, is there are things that we do now in our lives on this planet that echo in the next chapter of our life. They have major influence in what we do. You have to understand for the born again, there is so much more to life than what you and I call humanity. And we have to make ourselves available to that. And here's the thing, God is very simple in his approach. Uh, he's not going to ask you to do these major things if you're not willing to do the little things. So let me ask you this this morning. And, and remember, as we... Any time that we pose questions to you, it's, it's, it's really just a self-evaluation because there is no condemnation in those of us who are in Christ, correct? But there is what? There is correction. Thank you, honey. There is correction. My wife is good at correcting me. <laughs> She's the neck that turns the head, right? Yeah, anyway. So, so think about this. If, if we were to interview you today, which life is more of a reality to you, natural or spiritual? Now, I know our church answer is spiritual. But what if, what if, you, you know, what if I was with you through the week and you didn't know it? You know, like Jesus. It, oh, <laughs> we have a tendency to forget that Jesus is with us, don't we? Yeah. <clears throat> you see, living a spiritual life, you guys, it only happens one way. It, it is on purpose, 
And it is by faith. You have to believe in this stuff. You can't see it. The Apostle Paul says the thing that we see is temporary, but the thing that we can't see is eternal. So fix your eyes on the thing you can't see. How do you do that? You look into the window of the Word of God, and it shows you what you're supposed to look like. Living a spiritual life is very intentional. Remember, Paul told us this in the book of Colossians. He said, hey, guys, the same way you receive Christ, that's how you live your life in him. And you only receive Jesus one way, by faith. The book of Hebrews tells us that, uh, and I love the message paraphrase, we, we quoted this last Sunday, but it says this in Hebrews 11.1, 1, the fundamental fact of our existence is that this trust in God, this faith, it is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. You act, I know this is radical, but you actually believe what God tells you. If God tells you he's got your back, he's got your back. If he, if he, see, thank you, Lord. Here's what we want. We want God to wave his magic wand over us and just poof us. But the Bible shows us that God, most of the time, God brings us through the storm. He doesn't deliver us out of it. Not that he put the storm in our life. I know I hear a lot of people say, well, God put that in your life. No, we have a real enemy that puts junk in our life. And God will bring us through that, but he will take that and use that to mold and shape us to be stronger, faster, able to leap tall buildings in a single. <laughs> Guys, I, I know these faith statements, I know sometimes they sound crazy, right? But we're designed this way. Our born-again nature is designed to live by faith, and the more you tap into it, the more you're going you're to experience it. You're built that way. See, the human body is built to do certain things a certain way. For example, you can't live with fish. Not on your own. I mean, you, you could, I mean, you ever tried to hold your breath? I mean, I'm good, I'm good for maybe, maybe 45 seconds. Maybe. I don't even know if I could do that. Like, <laughs> right? We can't live with fish. We're designed to live a different way. Your born-again nature is built to, man, God wants, he wants so desperately for us to step all the way out on the limb where he's got you. And you think, man, any second, any second, I'm, stop thinking any second I'm going to fall. Start thinking any second God's getting ready to catapult me to the, now, just me. See, a key to a life of faith is keeping our focus on the author and the finisher of our faith. He has a plan for you, and he knows everything that's going on. But Jesus also knows this. He knows all too well. Remember we highlighted this subject a little bit last Sunday, the dangers of vision drift. Hebrews chapter 2 says it like this. It's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift away. Because it's so easy to drift away. You get your eye off the prize. You get your eyes off the things of God, and you start looking at your storm, looking at your trial, what someone did, what someone said, the breakthrough, the promotion, the thing you didn't get that you thought was definitely yours. And all of a sudden, instead of keeping your eyes on Jesus, because even though in the middle of all your junk and everything didn't go right, remember Daniel? Remember the three Hebrew boys? They, Amanda, they got thrown in the fire. I know we want God to just take us, God, can we just skip the fire part? I was playing that song the other day, Kate, Refiner, Refiner's Fire. I don't want to be refined by fire. I want the easy road. Nobody wants to be refined by fire. 
But I'm telling you, man, I guarantee you those three Hebrew boys, I, I, I mean, as, as strong as they were in their faith, Andy, I guarantee you, they were like, dude, you look. <laughs> I, know, I know you want to be this great faith giant, but I, I can promise you when they first threw you in the fire, no, okay. Y'all need to meditate that a little bit and let it be a reality. They got thrown in. <laughs> and they're walking around in the fire, man. <laughs> hey, Nebuchadnezzar, how you doing? <laughs> you want to come on in here with us? No. Huh? It's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard. See, faith comes from hearing. Huh? Remember last week we talked about out of the book of Hebrews that we are not supposed to, we're not supposed to lose or cast away our confidence because it has what? Great reward. Let me set this up just to kind of give you some perspective. At the time of the writing in the book of Hebrews, Nero was the emperor, this demon-worshiping crazy man, and he was killing Christians. Now, if you wanted to stay a Jew, you could stay in the city, but if you confessed Jesus, you were kicked out or you died. That's, what's, that's the government of the land at that time. And the writer of Hebrews says, hey, guys, don't lose your confidence. <laughs> yeah, but they're they killing us. Don't lose your confidence. See, real faith, everybody is a faith giant when things is going good. Danny, I mean, listen, we all water walkers when we get in our way. But you let somebody not get their way. I, as your pastor, I've seen some of y'all lose your flipping mind. When you don't get your way. Well, I couldn't help it, Reverend. And then you lie. You could help it. See, real faith accepts. They, it, on purpose, you choose to accept what God tells you. You accept what his word says about you. Guys, think about this. What if the reason the Bible teaches us that we're to live by faith is because God built us a certain way? And if you never go down that road, if you never tap into that arena wonderfully born again, but you never experience any of the great things God has for you because you refuse to embrace your new life. You are a born-again person. And see, faith is the only way you enter the kingdom of heaven, and our job is to represent the kingdom of heaven on this planet. Your co-workers, your family members, they don't need to hear a sermon. They need to see you represent the world you were born of. I mean, you think about it, Jesus, when you follow him, and we started a new Wednesday night talk, and we're doing a, a trip through the Gospels. Cody sent me a text the other day, he said, man, this is cool. And then he, he quoted the scripture where he said, if all the stuff Jesus did was written down, the world couldn't hold the books. And then he makes crazy statements like, and the things I do, you can do. I don't know about all that. Exactly, that's why we have to learn. See, Jesus talked about the kingdom of, of heaven so much, and, and he, he broke down how it works. He actually gave us very simple principles of how the kingdom of heaven operates in this three-dimensional world. He said, he said very simply, guys, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a man sowed a seed. And then Jesus makes it very clear in the, par the parable of the sower that the seed is the word of God. So, mm, some of, thank you, yeah, yeah, some of you all, you have children today that you're freaked out about because they don't look like they're following Jesus. But you've sown seed. You've sown seed. Huh? You've sown seed. 
Quit, quit walking by what you see and begin to water the seed. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind him or her of the seed. Are you with me? Go to Matthew chapter 6. Well, you don't have Bibles. You just, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Thank you. So I love being called out. She said, hold up. Right, let, let, let me just tell you something. Right, I mean, she had a little attitude. You see that? Like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm proud of you, girl. The rest of you, it's on you version or it's on the screen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of heaven or of God above all else. What's that mean? Above all else. The more traditional writing says, seek the kingdom of heaven first. Put it first. Now, you've been following along in your, in your chapter 6 homework, right? And God says that he, when you put the kingdom first, what does that mean? That you're going to live that way. Not a religious way. Not a denominational way. The kingdom of heaven way. You're going to live that way. And when you do, the Bible says that God will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will bring enough worry. He said, today's trouble is enough for today. This is the day that the Lord has made. So I'm going to rejoice and be glad in today. I'm going to exercise my God-ordained authority today. I'm going to exercise my authority over the kingdom of darkness. One of the things that, one of the, things the Lord has been really pushing on me is every morning when I get up, one of my assignments is, listen, it's a new day. Let's take care of business. I've authorized you to exercise authority over that world. What if we all started doing that? What if we, because the Bible, listen carefully, Jesus told his disciples that I'm giving you the, king, the, the keys to the kingdom and the gates of hell can't stop you. See, a lot of people think the gates of hell is going to attack. That's not what the scripture says. It says it can't stop you from advancing. Remember last week we've been talking about Jesus said, occupy till I come. The military actually uses that as a, a strategic practice. It's called occupied territory. You move in, you occupy a zone, and, and they can't stop you from taking it. Y'all okay? The message says it like this. Steep your life in God reality. God initiative. God provision. Don't worry about missing out because you'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. God, give your, watch this. Give your entire attention to what God's doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen. I'm telling some of you all today, quit letting the storms of your life dictate who you are. Stop responding out of fear and worry and anxiety. You see, the thing you have to understand about chapter 6 as you begin to study this, chapter 6, when you look at it, it's really right in the middle of Jesus' most famous sermon on the mount. And he's preaching to these guys a, a, a number of things, and hopefully you've, you've, you've seen some of this, but I mean, he talks about serving your fellow man serving your, you know, whatever the case might be. He talks about prayer. He talks about fasting, laying up treasure in heaven. He tells you very specifically, don't worry. But here's one key point that jumped, jumped off the, 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 the page to me this week as I was meditating Matthew 6. In verse 22, he says this. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is healthy... Your whole body's full of light. But when your eye's unhealthy, your body's full of darkness. See, what you put in front of you. See, if all you do 
is sit in front of that television and watch the mainstream media. You are so deceived right now. Because they have one agenda. If all you do is watch soap operas, Got quiet on the soap opera part. <laughs> Tracy and I, we were somewhere the other day, and, and uh, I, I, there was a TV across the room, and I looked up. How many of y'all remember Days of Our Lives? It's still on. <laughs> I looked up, and I'm like, Tracy! <laughs> I'm like, how do... Now, I'm not going to ask you how many of you watch that stuff, because I know. Well, maybe yours isn't that. Maybe yours is talk shows, sports center, whatever it is. But if you get sucked into that little box, you, they call it television for a reason, you all. Don't let that box tell you what your vision for your life is supposed to be. Let the Word of God, if your eye is healthy, what, what, what is he saying? If what you're looking at is right. See, you need to spend more time looking at the things of God, allowing that to transform the way you think. That's, that's Paul's whole point in Romans chapter 12. This is why it's important for the born again to have this firm grip on the realities of who you are and how the kingdom of heaven works. Because you and I, we are citizens of that world on this planet. I want you to understand something. When we breathe our last here or the trumpet sounds, I'm actually looking forward to the trumpet sound. I know some of you don't believe in the rapture. Well, stay. It's okay. I love you. I'll see you when you get there. Right. John chapter, now, now I'm trying to give you some perspective because Jesus is getting ready to really mess with your head. All right. In John 17, this is one of my favorite passages in the entire, or chapters in the entire New Testament. But Jesus is praying for us. Now check this out. John 17, 15, he's praying to the Father and he says this. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Who's the evil one? Satan. See, Satan is the God of this world and he will do everything he can to manipulate you to deceive you, to keep you from discovering who you are. He says, Lord, I don't want you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Watch this. They are not of the world. What? Just as I'm not of, what world are, are they of? Come on, guys. You of a different world. But if all you think is humanity... You will never learn to exercise who you are and operate in the arena of faith. Because this is, all, this is all the reality that you see. See, I want you to do more than just come in here and get a sermon. I want the Holy Spirit to put a fire under you today. That you are an ambassador. You represent the kingdom of heaven. You are heirs to the throne of heaven. Come on, man. You're not of this world. So he, Jesus says this. So he says, Father, sanctify them by your truth. And in case you didn't know what his truth was, he tells you, your word is truth. See, sanctify, God is, Jesus is praying, God separate them so that they stand out like a light on a hill. And then he makes this radical statement. 
Father, as you sent me into the world, I sent them. How did God send Jesus? Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. Say power. power. Say power. power. Say it like you mean it. Say power. power. Yeah. See, some of y'all, uh, you're waiting to feel power. <laughs> Whew, thank you. You're waiting to feel power before you do something. It doesn't work that way. The power doesn't show up till you show up. The power's not going to. In the, in the Gospel of Luke, the Bible says that Jesus accompanied them with signs following. You, go, you got to step out, man. Yeah, but what if I look dumb? Make no mistake, there are going to be times you look dumb. I've done it many times. My wife will tell me mm, that right there, what you said, the way you said it. I go back in the booth. I'm preaching my heart out Wednesday night. I go back in the booth. Wendy says, mm, you just look mean. <laughs> like, man, <laughs> I've been trying to work on it. I, I talked to my staff about it. Amanda's constantly reminding me, don't, don't look weird, though, when you're trying to smile and look happy. Don't be the freak that, don't be that creepy person. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Are you with me? See, God is sending... <laughs> Listen carefully. God is going to be sending us into uncomfortable situations. I know we don't want that, but we are living in a time in history where you better get used to getting uncomfortable. And you better be willing to take a step before you get anything else. Because if you're born again and you've got the power of the Holy Ghost in you, what, what, what you waiting on? Well, I'm kind of worried about what people might think. Yeah, I've been there. Still there sometimes. There's some things that God has put on my heart for the next chapter of our church, and I'm scared about it sometimes. I'm worried about, I'm, I'm worried about what people think sometimes. But i got to shut that stuff up. Huh? See, being sent like Jesus, here's the key. It starts with this willing, faithful heart. Willing, faithful heart. Isaiah said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Be willing. Trust Jesus. Step out. Huh? See, this willing and faithful heart, make, I'm going to tell, tell you, man, when, when you start practicing this, stepping into this unseen world, man, it's going to take faith on your part. You're going to have to trust Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6 reminds us that we receive God's promises through faith. Are you ready for this, this revelation? And patience. <laughs> I know that's a cuss word in America, so in our world. <laughs> Patience? <laughs> We're not patient people, are we? What about y'all? Y'all patient? Yeah. I know Kate's not, yeah. No, you either, girl. Mm -mm. Hebrews 11 tells us that when you go to Hebrews 11, that is what, what I like to call the hall of fame of faith. And the Bible says that those, those men and women... They obtained the promises of God through faith. This is why Paul repeatedly reminds us that we are to live our lives by faith. And in the world that we live in today, see, much of, I want you to, and I know you've experienced this, but much of society can really, they consider this life of faith, it's this kind of unrealistic imaginary place we go to. Oh, you're one of them. The Apostle Paul actually says in, in his letter to the Corinthian church that, that they will call us foolish. For believing this way. But we're not foolish, are we? No, we know exactly what we're talking about. We know that we have the power of the Holy Spirit inside us. And according to Jesus, the world <clears throat> around us, they have eyes but can't see. They have ears but can't hear. 
because their hearts are hard because the God of this world has manipulated them and blinded them so they can't see truth. But God does reveal his truth to his people. The Old Testament says that God really does nothing unless he tells his prophets first. God won't sneak up on you. He's going to let you know what's going on. I know some people think God's playing hide-and-go-seek with them. If you seek me with all your heart, Marco, <laughs> Polo. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. That's how some people think God is. I've been looking for God, and I can't find him. Stop right now. Yeah. See, we, at some point, we have to stop. Please get this today. We have to stop letting the clutter of everything in this world going on around us continue to distract us. It is a master tactic of the enemy. He has used it since the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? They already had all-knowing power. How do you think Adam named a giraffe? He, that stuff was downloaded right to his spirit. He saw a giraffe and boom, right, giraffe. He didn't have to go study something. He didn't have to call the Lord. They already had all of that, and the enemy manipulated them, deceived them into giving away their rightful place. See, a life of faith is intentional. You have to be willing, but you also have to be faithful in the thing that God tells you. See, I believe with all of my heart that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can imagine. Why? So that the people of this world will see us, and they will say things like, phew, I know that dude. That had to be God. Hey, Mike, if you're watching, my brother Mike Cyrus, he's got a complete bill of health. He whipped cancer's tail. God healed him. Yeah. But, but he called, he, when he got out of the doctor's office, he called me. He said, I, want, I just wanted to let you know. The doctor said, I don't know what kind of God you're praying to, but it's the real deal. Yeah, it's the real. See, guys, at some point, you got to get to the place where you're bold enough to look a little foolish for Jesus. You got to get this issue settled inside you because for the born again, according to Jesus, we are no longer of this world. We are built, we are designed to live a different way. You see, here's the thing. When I go play golf with Andy, I, I don't take my tennis racket. I mean, I, it would probably, I could probably hit the ball better or maybe more frequent. You're designed, even though, it's, even though it may still be scary and confusing for some of you, because what I've discovered, a lot of people, man, we just get sucked into religion. And we go through the religious motions and practices, whatever the denominational philosophy is that hangs over the banner of that door, that's what we practice. And we have to get rid of that stuff. We are heirs to the throne of heaven. Paul says the heir, as long as he's a child, is no different than a slave, even though he's master of all. Yeah. See, Paul says it's what we trust in but don't see that keeps us going. That's why he makes these statements throughout his letters. That's why, like, for example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, out of the Amplified, we walk by faith, not by sight. I love this. We live our lives in a manner that is consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Let me ask you something today. Do you even have a promise from God that you're standing on? that you're believing for, that you're expecting? I mean, if I was to come to you right now, I'm like, what promise, what, what promise out of the word are you believing and standing on right now? 
And I mean, it should come off of you like sponge, like, like water comes out of a sponge when pressure hits it. See, it's easy to quote something in a Bible study. But when pressure's on, what comes out? That's right, baby. What you full of? Y'all full of something. Hmm? See, the thing is, living this kind of life, it's going to require that you become more God-dependent. You got to change the way you think. You got to change the way you approach everything in your life because you're this new creation. You got to be willing and faithful in the things that God puts on your heart to do. Be on purpose about your life. Remember Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm coming quickly. You know something else Jesus said? He said, and this, this, this thought has always kind of checked me. He said this, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? And I began to think about that and think about that. And I'm like, and, and finally, I said, yes, God. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Y'all, my house. I'm not talking about mine and Tracy's house. I'm talking about up in here. I <laughs> know, stop. <laughs> it's Billy's fault. <laughs> See, I really believe, watch it, because according to Proverbs, the Bible says that the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter like the morning sun until it reaches its full strength of glory. Your life is getting brighter. Should you choose to stay willing and faithful with Jesus? Now, you can go do your own thing. But if you stay with Jesus and you stay following him and living a life of faith from glory to glory, you are being transformed into this new image. Paul says the more that we behold him, we're transformed into the same image as him. You're talking about a great compliment. Man, you're just, you're just quoting Jesus. Wow. Yes, I quote Jesus all the time. Now, I know some of y'all, you might quote, can I meddle just for a minute? I know, I know maybe somebody in this group might. Y'all quote Jesus in your prayer closet. But what about in the break room? Hmm? You're kind of concerned. Yeah, but what will somebody think? They might think that you're anointed by the Holy Spirit, and when they run into trouble, they come to you. Just maybe, I don't know. See, one of the things that I'm reminded of when you follow Jesus and you watch some of the things. You remember a couple sessions back we used the example out of Luke 19, the parable of the mina? And Jesus makes this statement in there. He says, because you've been faithful in the little. Say little. Yeah. Faithful in the little. And I begin to think about that because remember we talked about Esther? Esther is this orphan girl. Really wasn't a nobody in society. And and God took the little that she had and brought her into a situation that miraculously positioned her. And the next thing you know, she is the queen of the most powerful nation at that time in history on the planet. And she saves the entire race of Jewish people. One orphan girl, say little. Remember Gideon? We talked about Gideon a couple weeks ago or maybe last week. Another guy, minding his own business. He He said, why me, God? I'm from the littlest town in the city or in the state or in the country. And I'm my, my family name, we nobody. God said, that's perfect. Just give me a little. And then he puts this massive army together, and he says, no, you got too many. He takes them down to about 10,000. No, you got too many. Finally, he gets it down to about 300 to go against this entire army. He says, because if you had, it, if you had done it with that great number, you'd have took credit for it. You'd have said, look what we did. He said, but now 
you're going to have to give me the glory. Huh? Faithful in the little. You know I talk about King David all the time. He's one of my favorites. Little guy compared to big giant. But he makes this radical statement. See, I know a lot of people when you talk about this, oh, that's a beautiful children's church story. David and Goliath. No. I bet none of y'all in this room would go fight the Goliath. The Bible says, you know, they estimate that he was over nine feet tall. I, don't even, I can't even jump nine feet. And he was a young adult, maybe still in his teens. And the Bible says that he ran at him. Not from him, at him. You got to wrap your head around this. And he makes this statement, I know you come to me with your spirit and your shield and your all that, but I come to you in the name of, in the, name of the Lord Almighty. And today, you, you got to hear the boldness this kid's talking. I'm cutting your head off today, man. And then he probably looks back at his brothers, punk. Because they were giving him a hard time. You know, you can talk to your brother different than you do other people. You can give them... Don't listen, don't get all religious on me because I said punk, man. Some of y'all like, you're supposed to be a pastor. <laughs> well, they pray for me. See, the, the, the writer of the Psalms reminds us that promotion comes from the Lord. Advancement. And it's in those little things that you do, faithful in the little. Man, so often that's the thing that gets overlooked, though. The Bible actually says that uh, I think it's in, in Zechariah, he tells us, don't despise the day of small beginnings. See, I remember when we started. Oh, yeah, y'all was with me. Yeah, no, you weren't. You, you, yeah, that's okay, but you're here now. Yeah. How many of y'all was with me when we started? Let me see if you was here. Wow. They all left. And, and God sent a new group in. One of the first things my pastor, when he sent me to Raymond, he said, I'm going to tell you this, man. If you ever get in this one of the things I need you to wrap your head around, people are going to leave you. I'm like, ow. And let me tell you, it hurts terrible when they do. Because the, the enemy says, boy, you really messed that one up. I'm like, what I do? And I mean, we were in this hotel, John was in this hotel conference room. And you talk about busted worship. Well, in the beginning, we had CDs that we played. From, we, didn't, we didn't have any of this. We had, what's those things, what's the machine called, Kate, that you, oh, yeah, the overhead, you had to, we, we tried to be cool. We, <laughs> you look back now and you laugh. Huh? But God, God will take, you know what God sees? He sees your heart. See, some of you today, there are things that God has put on your heart to do and you're kind of scared to step out. And you're waiting on a sign. You're waiting on, no sign. Holy Spirit's in you. Step. Yeah, well, I just need to know. You know. God said, I'll never leave. I'm with you. See, advancement, promotion, all those things, they're, they're, going, they're going to come from the Lord. Jesus said, I'm coming quickly and my reward's with me. I got something for every one of you, but I need you to step out and do what I'm asking you to do. Be ready, be faithful in the little. One of my favorite quotes, and you've heard me say this hundreds of times, is from Coach John Wooden. He says this, he says, guys, 
when opportunity shows up, too late to get ready. Or in the words of T.D. Jakes, get ready, 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 get ready to do something. Well, Reverend, I'll pray about it. You don't need to pray about nothing. I can tell you this for sure. If I come and ask you to do something, I already prayed about it. God wouldn't have put you on my heart to do it for you to say no. Yeah, I know. I just hit the back wall and went. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, I'm going to pray about it, Reverend. <laughs> Huh? See, the, one of my favorite qualities about a life of faith is this, guys. Faith gets ready. What are you getting ready for this year? 2021, it's a brand new year. 20 is gone. Well, we just don't know what it's going to look like. I know what it's going to look like. My steps are ordered by the Lord. The favor of the Lord surrounds me. The grace of God is all over me. He arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. Yeah. But you're going to have to step. Or be like David, run to the enemy. You see, guys, since we're designed to live by faith, chances are pretty good. Now, I know you're not going to, I know you, we got a little hype and excited there, but you're not going to like this part. I brought you up to get. Since we're designed to live by faith, you're built this way, chances are pretty good that along the journey, you're going to have some opportunity to exercise that faith. Listen to the Apostle James. He says this in chapter 1. Brothers and sisters, when, say when. I want you to notice very carefully he didn't say if. When troubles of any kind come your way. Go and read it to me. What's it say? Yeah. Uh-huh. Consider an opportunity for what? When what comes your way? Trouble. Billy, we don't want trouble. We want smooth sailing. But James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, most, most scholars say that this James here is Jesus' brother, James. He experienced some stuff, I'm sure. He says, for you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. See, we need some endurance in the body of Christ. Today, in this moment in history, make no mistake about it, the church needs some endurance. We need some endurance. And it starts with what? Let me have the first part of that passage again. Take it back up to the beginning. When troubles come, consider it an opportunity for what? Great joy. Say great joy. Yeah, great joy. See, guys, what if? What if in this life things don't necessarily get easier? We just get stronger. Yeah. We just get stronger. Things that people used to say about you don't even bother you anymore. You pray for them instead of letting, instead of crying. <laughs> I'm quitting. Huh? Y'all okay? I got more. Out of the book of Colossians, the Bible says this. So if, if, if you're serious, if you're serious 
about living this new resurrection life with Christ? You ready for this? Act like it. It's not deep. Really nothing with God is deep. He's simple because he knew he was going to be dealing with us. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, uh, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what's going on around you, around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Start seeing things from God's perspective. You are anointed by the Holy Spirit to do. Now listen, God's not calling everybody up here. Now, if you want my job, well, come on. I done told you, Luther and Linda's going to Florida in a few days. Come, come on. You can have it. Huh? See, if today is the day that God's given you, y'all ready for this? I know we're dropping a lot on you today. But if today's the day, Nicole, if today's the day God's given you, what you doing with it? What you doing with it? If today's the day, God's given you. Well, not really anything today, Pastor. I mean, I got my family. I'm going I'm to go to lunch after church, and I'm going to go take my Sunday afternoon nap. And ain't nothing wrong with any of those things, you understand? As long as when he says, hey, can you, you're like, I can. See, God's Word, this is the thing that I stress all the time. God's Word, guys, it's not just given to us to light our path so we can do our own thing. God's word shows us what we are. It's a mirror that the Holy Spirit will use to reveal not only our current condition, but what he's called us to be and look like. It shows us our potential. God shows favoritism to nobody. If he'll anoint, if he'll anoint a teenager and he become the king of the nation, this is one of my faith statements all the time, I'm of the seed of King David. Psalm 18 says it, and I quote it all the time. God, thank you that you have made me the head of nations. What's that look like, Dave? I don't know what it looks like, but I'm speaking it. Were you going into politics? Blank no. But God doesn't need a politician. God needs men and women that'll stand up and say, here I am, use me, Lord. Huh? I'm going to get you out of here. You can't keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. You, you, You can't, guys. You can't keep doing the same thing. My wife said this morning, I can tell you've been eating better. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, thanks? (laughs) Yeah. I know. I'm going to leave you with Hebrews chapter 12. Now, this is a paraphrase that I've taken kind of just to simplify it, so listen carefully. You see what this means. All the, now he's talking about our ancestors, all these pioneers who blazed the way. Now they're cheering us on. It means that we better get on with it. Start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race that we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight, watch this, of where he was headed. He could put up with anything along the way and now he's there 
in the place of honor, right alongside God. So when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over this story again, item by item, the long litany of hostility that he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into our soul. See, Jesus is the way maker. And he said, guys, this is how we do it. Follow me, follow me. The thing I do, you can do. Go do it like this. But if you're never following, if you're never spending enough time that he can mold and shape you into this, you gotta be willing and faithful Stepping out, regardless of where you're at today. I know we're all at different places in our faith journey, and God's not mad at anyone. He loves you. But this message today is, is one that, regardless of where you're at, you can, you can take that next step. It doesn't matter where, you can take the next step. Some of you, you feel like you've backslid and you've quit and you've forgotten God or He's forgotten you. No, He hasn't. He's right where you left Him. Maybe today's the day you pick up the mantle and you charge forward. And what's that look like? God said to Abraham, I'm gonna take you to this place called there. What's it look like, God? You just come on. I'll show you one decision at a time, one day at a time, amen? See guys, this life, this life of faith, it's not some religious thing we do. It's actually a new way of existence that Jesus died that we could have. And if you're in this room today, we're not, guys, we would love for you to be part of our church family, but I get it. We're not going to be everyone's style. But that thought that's kind of kicking around in your mind right now, yeah, that's the Lord pulling on your heart. Hey, give me a chance with your life. So if you're listening today and you're in the room and you've never given Jesus a chance, today is your day. Don't leave here without him. And those of you, wherever you're at, stop what you're doing right now. Let's take a step of faith together. Give Jesus a chance in your life. I promise you, it'll be the greatest thing you've ever done. The, the most cool part about this, you pillow your head at night with this blessed assurance. If today was my last, graduation day. But you have to become part of the family. You with me? We've made it so simple. All you gotta do is take a step of faith with this simple prayer. Say it with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord, heaven is my home, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said the prayer, let somebody know. If you're in the room, stop by our information desk. Uh, they have some nice things to give you to get you started on your journey of faith. Those of you watching, tell a friend, call somebody, let us know. Now, for everybody else, guys, here's the deal. My friend John's gonna come out in just a second and close things out, uh, but I just wanna encourage you with this. On the other side of a message like this, there's this wonderful thing called opportunity. Because on the other side of opportunity is, is breakthrough, advancement, promotion. So count it all joy this week when you find yourself in these different things. Allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you, preparing you, sanctifying you for the work that God's called you to. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.